Welcome to Grad Life by the Horns, the bi-weekly podcast hosted by Becky Hills and Sophie Scully. We're here to make your 20s that little bit less scary. Touching on everything from career anxiety, struggling to pay your rent and the imposter syndrome that we all feel but no one talks about, this podcast will prove that ultimately we're all in the same boat. Hello and welcome back to episode 7 of Grad Life by the Horns. I loved this episode. We interviewed the incredible Amber Driscoll, who is a model, influencer, activist. Recent graduate as well. Founder of the wonderful Bambi Collective, which is an incredible online community for young girls to talk about body image, sex, relationships, mental health, all sorts of different things. And we really got into detail with Amber about those topics as well. Mm, I think as well what a key topic is being accountable at this age and taking responsibility and you can moan and you can you know go on and on about how things aren't perfect but at the end of the day you're the one that's going to change it definitely and Amber spoke loads about kind of going with the flow and not having that traditional linear career path but also trying to introduce some structure into her life so talking about the need to kind of get out of the house and go somewhere different to work as a freelancer which I think is a really important thing to discuss actually yeah it's just really cool to see that that side of your screen that you don't really understand like you don't you kind of make assumptions about that world but it's, it was really good to kind of break that down and yeah break down you see that. someone with 200,000 plus followers and you think well she's got her shit together she's got her life together of course she's going to be perfect and speaking to Amber about how things don't always feel like that and how she's struggling with her mental health and just all sorts of different things it was just a fascinating conversation Mm. we love speaking to Amber also she's very good to follow for books and also articles as well she has a book club where she discusses and reviews books which is really good yeah really interesting really intelligent person and we're really excited for you to listen to this episode so let's get on into it (laughs) I swear we always say I that. Know. It's like saying, well, let's get crackalacking. Let's get crackalacking. <laughs> let's go. Our guest this week is model, activist and influencer Amber Driscoll. Graduating from the University of Exeter with a degree in classical studies with English this summer, Amber is quickly becoming one of Gen Z's most intelligent and notable voices online. From being named as a babe of misguided in 2016, fighting off hundreds of applicants and winning a coveted contract with anti-agency, who pride themselves on celebrating real people with unique personalities, to launching Bambi Collective in November this year. Amber's work is feminist to the core. Writing on Instagram for the launch of Bambi Collective, Amber spoke of how her aim is to create a feeling of community for all those who join Bambi and create a support system knowing that we are all here for each other and will lift each other up, inspire each other and hold each other accountable in taking care of ourselves. Amber is also keen to discuss the works of others online, launching a book club for her Instagram community and articulately discussing articles on topics ranging from body image to sex. A woman with a strong and determined vision for how she wants to change the world for young women, we can't wait to see what she does next. Amber, we're so excited to welcome you on to Grad Life by the Horns. We'll start off by asking you just a couple of questions to like ease into the conversation. What is the most adult thing you've done this week? Probably, I have to, I, I put all of my receipts for taxes in a folder. Oh, wow. So, because I'm self-employed, I claim back all of my TFL, mm. all the money I spend on just taking the tube to work, because it's, I guess, what's the rule? If you're... If you're self-employed, any money that you're spending because of your job that you wouldn't otherwise be spending, you can claim back when you do your taxes. Uh, so okay. every time I take a public transport journey, I screenshot it and then I put it in a folder so that at the end of the year when I do my tax returns, I can 
Wow, so you do all your own bookkeeping and everything? Yeah. Wow. It's because it's quite easy, it's just very stressful, so that's probably the most adult thing I've done. Because I don't, I don't understand why they don't teach you about taxes in school or uni no, or anything. No, I wouldn't have a clue where to start. I like, didn't even know I had to do my taxes for like a while. Like The first two years I was modelling, luckily I didn't go over the threshold because I wasn't doing a lot, but I just didn't know that you had to do it. Yeah, at least you could do it now. Yeah. yeah. And the next question is, what has gone wrong this week? What has gone wrong? On, what was it, Wednesday night, I think. I only had, like, three glasses of wine, but I had I didn't have dinner till... I had dinner, like, two hours beforehand, and I got weirdly drunk, and then I was just annoyingly hungover on Thursday, and it wasn't even because I had a big night out or anything, it was because I just, like... It was just so irritating, and then I had all this stuff I wanted to do, and I just like, couldn't do it. So I think I just... Basically, I just want to stop drinking in the week because it just ruins the next day, and I want to actually start being productive. It's like that groggy feeling when you're yeah. not actually hungover. If you don't really feel like you've you've made the most of drinking, yeah, <laughs> it's, it feels like yeah. such a waste. It's like I went to a restaurant and I left at like ten. I mean, mm. I don't really like going out anyway. Maybe but... that's a post uni thing. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I think going out in London when you're not a uni student is just very different to what it was like mm. in uni. Well, because yeah. Exeter. It was so small, you'd go out, you'd bump into people you know, you could just walk everywhere, everywhere was so cheap. Now in London, it's like, you go out, there's strangers everywhere, and it's just a bit boring and expensive. Yeah, it's mm. so expensive. Yeah. I actually can't get over it. Sheffield was so cheap, mm. and I came back down south, and I was like, oh, this is what, this is what it's like. Yeah. And the third question is, so what have you learned from both of these? If you've learned anything. <laughs> well... No more like drinking in the week because I just want to start being more productive. Because I, because I model, I have a lot of days off. So even if you're doing like two, three jobs a week, that's still a good amount of work. Mm. Then the days off, I want to actually do productive things, which is why I started Bambi. And I want to be able to actually wake up early and do work as opposed to feeling groggy and then laying in bed and watching Netflix. And you could dedicate days to doing Bambi and also doing like your bookkeeping and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Gives you the space to do that, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So kind of going on from that a little bit, we want to start off by chatting to you about how you found life since graduation, because you graduated this summer as well. Tell us a little bit about how you found life after Exeter. I kind of was very detached upon leaving Exeter just because my boyfriend was in London, so I'd come up to London quite a lot on the weekends. So I kind of didn't care at the time, but now I'm like, I kind of miss it because it's just, I think the hardest thing is getting your head around the fact that this is just life now, forever. Mm-hmm. And no, there's no actual structure of someone telling you what to do. You just, it's up to you to choose what to fill your life with. And yeah, that's been the most hard thing to comprehend now that it's just like day after day of whatever you sort of choose to do. Yeah, because I suppose when you're a student as well, it's like you've got that like, thought of adulthood at the back of your mind you're like oh it's fine because this is like three years of having like having a laugh yeah and then it's like adulthood is this like, big scary thing but you'd have to think about it and now you're in it it's like oh this is weird yeah yeah and it's like how do I do it well, I don't know that's the weirdest thing I do think. you feel there's some part of you because obviously you started modeling at university and you and you did lots of stuff during university as well as in your grad life do you feel like that helped you set up for your grad life because it's like more of an ease into it rather than a sudden start? Yeah, well, because I started, yeah, I literally didn't start modelling till my first year, and then I was doing that part time for three years, and the whole of those three years, I was like, I don't know what I want to do afterwards, thinking that I don't know something would come to me, and it didn't. So I was like, oh, okay, why don't I just model full time because I enjoy it, and I don't know what else. I want to do and I, I did, because I think I did modeling 
I then couldn't, I, I didn't want to do an office job or anything like that. So I just don't think I could do a traditional career path. So yeah, I was lucky in the fact that I had this to go into like quite smoothly afterwards. Mm, and that's such a thing these days is that like seeing people who haven't got traditional career paths and you say, oh, I, I can actually do it. Mm. Like, so I suppose like probably seeing like your boyfriend and your boyfriend's friends like not doing that traditional like get an office job thing it makes it more feasible yeah I think that's definitely had an impact as well because I was seeing my boyfriend and hanging out with all of his friends that don't have like a nine to five Mm. structure and we'd go on a lot of holidays and I just didn't I'm not ready to do a nine to five with a certain amount of holiday days because I want to keep traveling and I I really like the flexibility that I have while modeling because I can just take off days when I want and maybe if I had a boyfriend who was like a lawyer or something that was like you need a stable job I'd probably maybe I would be doing a stable job I don't know yeah definitely had made it seem like more of a realistic option doing this I think what's good though is it's what you know and it's what you're good at so it's you just utilizing your passions I guess to make up your own life isn't it you're not sticking to any conventional yeah exactly so modeling and then just seeing where else it will take me and recently on your instagram you started talking about like kind of the body image side of modeling and the not so nice bits of it Mm. have you found that that's the thing that's come into your head since leaving uni kind of leaving that bubble is it kind of taking it on full time is that's what inspired you to start talking about these things yeah um actually not because when i was younger i definitely was affected more like in terms of my body and in relation to modeling and because I think I started it when I was like 18 no, 17 and I was still like growing into my body and now I've like and I put more weight than when I just naturally than I was when I was 18 but when I was going through that and like I don't know just still like kind of coming into myself and then dealing with modeling and the expectations of what I should look like it was just difficult whereas now I think I've educated myself a lot on body image and I kind of don't let that I don't know it's really hard to articulate it where would you say kind of like the trigger like the turning point when you're like no I'm not listening to this again I need to start educating myself on how I should see myself honestly I think it was realizing that social media doesn't have to be a negative space because I'd always just follow accounts that looked the prettiest and girls that had amazing bodies and all these models and etc. And seeing that on my feed alongside modelling, I thought this is what models had to look like. And then once I discovered accounts that were more about self-love and body image and I realised that you could actually cultivate your social media to be a positive space and then I sort of realised that there, you don't have to look a certain way to be considered beautiful or don't have to have a certain body. And then once I started just really kind of absorbing all of that then it kind of filtered into my own headspace and I wasn't really affected by anything modeling because I think it was in to an extent in my, it was just in my head or perceptions and how I should look because I'm with an because I'm not with anti-agency anymore I'm with nerves but both of them they don't care about measurements so they'd never be like you have to stay a certain size you can look how you want like it's fine they don't care about weight gain weight loss whatever so I think it was just me thinking this is what model, models should look like, and I think that was because of social media, not the actual, not my industry at least. Um, yeah, because I've got a friend at uni who's now like started modelling full time, and she was saying she had to go for this like I don't know some sort of warehouse thing in Manchester, and they literally had agencies sitting at desks and models like walking down the road, and they were literally being like, "Oh, she's got that size weight, she's got this, she's got that," and I just can't imagine how toxic that must be. 
Yeah, I think I'm lucky because I do commercial modelling because I'm only 5'3 and they don't care about height. Um, and they also, in commercial modelling, don't really care about weight or size, mainly because of the consumer and because there's so much of a demand in, um, in like high street brands just from the consumers to see a diverse range of body types, so different heights, different sizes, whatever, and there is a lot more of a push on inclusivity, whereas in high fashion, that's definitely not the case. And they are definitely, they are still really strict with measurements and everything and being a certain height and I would love for high fashion to change but I don't think it will anytime soon which is quite sad. But then I guess because they just see their models as clothes hangers really. Yeah, they want to kind of emulate what it will look like on a rail. Yeah, so yeah. they have to choose the kind of skinniest models which is so problematic. Which it doesn't, itself. it doesn't even have, they don't... It, they should be for all body shapes like I don't yeah, know you're not gonna, it's not going to look like how it looks on a rail when you put it on your body anyway like yeah. every single shop every single size looks different on everybody like, even if you're a size 6 in one shop and a size 6 in another you could be like way too big or way too small mm. so I just don't think it's necessarily realistic I think it's maybe slowly starting to filter in well because of the whole Victoria's Secret show being cancelled yeah and the Rihanna Savage Fenty show mm. showing what an act- how successful a diverse fashion show can be and what it can look like so maybe we'll see more of a move away from it but I don't I don't know in high fashion I'm not sure yeah I you could definitely see it like you said when you walk into a high street mm. shop like top shop and also on misguided yeah. and stuff you see the diversity coming in and it's just so nice and it makes you want to buy because I'm I'm not slim I never have been slim so it's so nice to seeing like different body shapes mm. and stuff and I think even if you are like, because I'm naturally petite, and even though I was always, I've always had, I always have been naturally petite. Even then, seeing these girls that look like just the most perfect version was still hard to see. I guess just no matter what your size, it's like you just want to, you want to see inclusivity and diversity. So, how, what are your? Because we've spoken to a few influencers on here, and what are your thoughts on the term influencer? And like, how do you think that that? Do you feel like that defines you as a person? Do you think that defines your career? How would you choose mm. to describe yourself? I guess there is that shame now that comes along with saying I'm an influencer. Like when people ask me what I do, I would definitely say model first mm. and say, oh, I guess I do like Instagram stuff. I don't say influencer. Even saying I'm a model sometimes, I like almost don't want to say it because I think there are negative connotations. Like this, I think the same, like similar connotations to being a model or influencer. It's like, oh, that's not a real job. You don't work very hard or that's easy, it's not, you're not clever or you're not doing anything like smart kind of thing, you're not using your brain in any way. Do you find yourself challenging that a lot on your platform? Do you ever have people that, that say that to you and you have to kind of explain why you do what you do? No, no one's really said anything, but I mean, I don't think I should have to explain yeah. myself, I guess. Because then I think when people look on my Instagram, they realise I'm not just taking pretty photos or like I'm trying to use my influence to positively influence people's lives as opposed to just saying here's a nice outfit yeah i think it's that's the thing is that there's so it's such a saturated market there's so many people and it's like every year like the love island where they just churn out more and mm. more people who just call themselves influencers it's then kind of being like look there are idiosyncrasies here like we're all individuals and the fact that you're talking about different things and you're doing like your book club stuff and you start mm. bambi and all that sort of stuff i think that's a, was that kind of an intentional way of you being like let's let me distinguish myself from everybody else and that's something a bit different or is that something that just came naturally yeah like a combination of that because 
when I started posting stuff about just like body confidence and self-love kind of thing, it was because last year when I was following all these accounts that were posting similar things, I realised that that's what I wanted to see. And then I thought, well, if that's what I want to see, surely I've got a large following. I want to be part of that so that I want to positively impact other girls, hopefully. And then doing the book club as well, that's just because I miss like talking about books with people. Like after finishing uni, that like talking about books and seminars was the thing I missed the most. And then Bambi was just a result of lots of months of thinking, what do I do in my spare time when I'm not modeling? What can I do that doesn't have a specific timetable I can just work on whenever? And I wanted to expand more on the stuff I was talking about on my own Instagram, but I didn't think I could put it on there because I wanted to do a lot more on it and I wanted to keep it separate from my main account. So I don't think it was a way of differentiating myself. It just felt like the natural thing that I wanted to do do on Instagram, like the whole, uh, just what you think of when you think of influencer. I think I tried that last year and it just didn't come very naturally to me, whereas doing this kind of thing just feels like the right thing to do that mm. suits me. And the book club, like you said, it fits so well with what you studied at uni and it, mm. it's, it kind of proves that it's your passion and it's what you want to continue doing. So even though it's just a hobby currently, could you see that book like infiltrating into your career at all, like doing hosting book club, club clubs and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I'd love to because I want to start a book club on Bambi and then I want to do meetups with Bambi anyway just kind of see where how it evolves and where it will take me I'm not entirely sure at the moment because it's very early days but it looks it's so exciting and like you have so much going on so what does like a busy week look like to you if you were to pay back a busy week <laughs> no it's actually it's really not exciting because a busy week for me is three work days which is like great so Maybe that's in a different country, maybe not. But even if it is in a different country, it's not, like, fun or exciting. Like, it's, it's, it's cool, but I'd rather do the same job in London because you just go to an airport, you go to a, another city, you go to the hotel, you wake up early, you do the job, and then you fly back the same night. Yeah. So it's just... And travelling knocks it out of you as well. It really yeah, you out. and it's yeah. kind of lonely. So I'll do that. And then the days where I'm not working... Because the thing is with modelling is you don't usually know if you're working until the night before, till like 6pm. So I'll be like waiting for an email that may or may not come. And then if it hasn't come by 6, then I'm like, okay, now I will plan what I'm going to do tomorrow. Mm. So then I'll, I don't know, I'll wake up, just meander into here, see what Casper and Josh are doing. Archie usually comes around, who works with Josh, chat with them for like an hour and then realise that I should do something productive and then I'll just get my laptop out and do some work, maybe go to the gym. It's like... It's not very fun. No, it's fun. It's like it's not that exciting. I mean, it's quite yeah. ad hoc, isn't it? And it takes a lot for you to kind of wake up in the morning and be like, right, what am I actually going to do with my day to make sure it's productive? Yeah, no, it's actually yeah, because I'm by myself a lot of the time because like this week I had two jobs, so Monday and Tuesday. But the week before that I had no work, so five days of just like it. You can't really make plans with friends either unless it's on the same day because if I because I don't know I'm working till six p.m it's usually too late by that point to say to my friend, what are you doing tomorrow? So, and most of my friends have jobs or they're doing their masters, so they're not free during the day. And then I don't want to make plans in the evening in case I have a job the next day or I have to fly somewhere last minute. So then at like 6 p.m. I'm like, okay, I've got no plans. I need to do something productive. And I think I was in quite a, um, a rut in like September, early October, because I was just like, I'm going to be like actually 
in a very bad mental state if I just keep sitting around and doing nothing all day because the days feel so long when you're, you don't actually have anything to fill it with. So I was like, I need to actually start filling my day with something. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of people speak about like their mental health going a bit downhill when they don't have structure. And yeah. like, structure is something you need to kind of feel mentally okay. Yeah, and I have zero structure. I also just need to start not working in this flat because I think I hate staying inside all day, but I've ended up doing that because I'm like, oh, I'll just work from home. Next week is going to be the start of me waking up. I'll go to the gym first, start my day right, I guess, because gym always makes you feel good. Mm. And then I'll just go to probably the coffee shop downstairs and work there because it's, I think it's just important to go outside. Mm. And yeah. the uni it's so easy because you can be like, right, I'll just go to the library and go yeah. with all your mates and it'll be like a thing. Yeah. Whereas when you get into like the real world, it's like, unless you've got that office job, you haven't got a space to mm. work in. And like working in property, I've seen that there's like this huge rise in like the flexible office movement and all that yeah. sort of thing because people just need that like headspace yeah. to go and work somewhere that's completely different and separate those two. Yeah, exactly. Are you aware of how the best way you work? So do you work when there's music playing and when there's people around you or do you have to be like in your own little bubble I definitely work best when I can see other people around me working and then I'll put classical music on my headphones but mm. I like to be in an environment where other people are working because then it makes me want to work we're so young like mm. we're all in our like really early 20s mm. and so you're still working out like what works for you yeah and it's so easy to be like oh this person's doing this and they look like they've got their shit together but then it's like we've got to work out what actually is productive for you because it's so different for every single person. Mm. And I read an article somewhere actually where you can be doing like for work your biggest passion, you could be loving every single day at work, but if you're not in the right environment it can actually make you ill. Yeah. So you need to make that conscious effort, even if it's just moving your desk if you're in an office job, like that can even make a difference, like your, your view of the day and stuff. So do you think that's something that you've picked up since uni, like learning how you work best with all the classical music and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, just because even when I was at uni, I could never work in, like, my halls or in my house because I just had to separate it. And I just feel so sluggish when I'm inside. Yeah. So when I was in uni, even if I didn't have anything specific to work, and I'd still go to, like, Waterstones and read. But because, obviously, with uni, there's that that end goal of, like, I need to be studying. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't... And because I didn't actually have anything to work on until recently... There was nothing to motivate me to leave. That's why, I, like, one of the reasons I started Bambi was to do something that will keep me busy. Yeah. So do you want to tell us more about Bambi then? Well, I only started it last Monday, so it's been up for nearly two weeks. It's basically a community for girls and young women because I was part of this group called, well, I still am, it's called Keep It Cleaner, which is a workout program. Um, it's the workout program I follow. And they have this Facebook community, which I love, and... There are a few of that kind of thing, but like they're all for specific groups of people. Like you either have to, I don't, you ha, yeah, you like you have to be paying for a workout program to be part of the community. And I wanted to do something that was for girls of all ages. You don't have to pay. It's just this nice feeling of inclusivity. Yeah, and you can talk about anything in a complete safe space. And it's amazing because this Facebook page has now got like nearly seven hundred members, mm. and girls have just now started posting like huge paragraphs and things they're going through. And I go to reply, but then I see that there's already, like, 10 to 15 comments with other girls just, like, giving so much advice. I'm like, I don't... There's nothing left for me to say. So it's amazing because all these girls are so keen to, like, help each other because they're so grateful for a space that they can actually just talk without being judged and just about anything they want. Yeah, and community's such a massive thing for, like, Gen Z. Mm. It's that everyone assumes that 
because we're all on our phones all the time that we have no interaction and that's kind of the case and then you're just I need something to kind of like vent or get something out of yeah exactly opinions yeah like having that platform and that thing that community is such a like valuable thing to have yeah it's it's yeah it's really nice and then like girls have been posting photos of all their pets because they were like let's see everyone's pets and I was like oh my god I love this or like it's nice to know that you just have to facilitate it like it's it's your thing but they carry it they comment yeah completely because sometimes I don't even I don't have anything to comment because it would just be adding on to amazing things that people have already said where can you see it going from now so obviously it's very new but what's your hope behind it I just want to support as many I want as many girls as possible to feel like they have somewhere to turn when they need help or just advice and anything so I just want it to grow when the Instagram page grows more and because it's only been up for like two weeks I'll just let it keep growing for a little while and then I'm going to start doing like challenges to hold people accountable so in January instead of doing like new year goals it'll just be like uh, appreciating what you already have instead of setting yourself goals and that you might fall short of so like 30 days of gratitude so every day you'll have to write five things you're grateful for and why and then you have to like comment when you've done it or something just to reinforce good behaviours or then 20 minutes of exercise no matter what kind just something to move your body just to feel good so mm-hmm. I just want to slowly implement self-care habits and good behaviours and it's also a way almost to keep myself accountable because I feel like I won't spiral into any kind of negative headspace when I'm like always preaching about good things to do to other girls like yeah no I love that that's great because I think also it's just it's that against that accountability thing and when you leave uni you get so overwhelmed by everything and you're like I've got to be doing this this and this but then the self-care thing is the last is the first thing to go Mm. like I'm the same like having my job doing this like traveling trying to see friends all that sort of stuff I'm just I forget to almost forget to exercise and I forget to do things but then it's being like okay center yourself get it back think about what you're grateful for and then just slowly start to implement those like 20 minutes like everybody has a spare 20 minutes in the day to do something yeah and that's good just something to remind you on your Instagram every day that it's not the end of the world if you don't do it but just something to be like okay let's pop this in yeah and also because my mum's a therapist like she's been telling me to do all these like kind of things for like since I was young and one thing that I've realized I do as well is I like when things are going great I don't do any of the like self-care things and she's she always says that's when you slip back because you're like you do all these like say you're writing gratitude lists every day you're meditating you that usually comes from when you're in a low place and you start doing these things to make you feel better because you're like these should help like you start meditating and just doing yoga or something because you're like I need something to I don't know whatever you do all this stuff and then you feel like good and then sometimes that like starts to slip like I'll write gratitude lists and then I'll be like oh I'm feeling really great in life then I won't do it and then that's when you slip into like a negative headspace again because everything's going good you don't think that you need to always be doing the things that make you feel good almost because you think you don't need it anymore so I think having somewhere to like for me just to hold myself accountable to keep doing it and knowing that other girls are doing it will make me keep doing it every day regardless of the mental state I'm in that's so important like you don't mm. you don't think about that because when everything when you are having a good day the last thing you would think about doing is sitting down and think about what you're grateful for because yeah. it, you're in the moment and you're appreciating it already yeah but if you write that stuff down like when you're having a bad day you can look back on that and be like this is how I felt like how if you, it's getting into a system, isn't it? It's mm. making sure you kind of 
implement it in your day-to-day life. Yeah. So that's such a good tip, actually. Since leaving uni, what's the most exciting opportunity you've had? Well, I switched agencies, which was great. I liked my old agency, but I just didn't really fit their mould anymore because they were all about... They basically used to have purple hair, and so I guess I looked a bit edgy, and now that I'm blonde, I just look very commercial. So Nevs have been great. Modelling has been pretty good. Like, I've had a very good, steady flow of work. We expect so much from from ourselves, and Mm. we've only just graduated. Yeah. So we have so much time to kind of find these cool things to do yeah Yeah, because we always try and ask people what's their most exciting opportunity just to kind of like because I think everybody values things in different ways Mm. so for some people the most exciting thing could literally be like oh I moved to London whereas for other people it's like oh I got a book deal or something so it's kind of seeing that that differentiation between different people and how they value success and what they deem exciting do you class yourself as successful I think that's an interesting question to go into. I don't know, I think I really struggle with imposter syndrome. Like, I don't know. And also, almost because modelling is like, it's not like you're on a career ladder. Like, it is a career, but it's not like the more work you do, you'll then get a promotion and whatever. It's like, it is just kind of luck on whether you get lots of different clients booking you. So even if I'm booking loads of clients now that might just suddenly stop. So it's like, I don't want to think, like, I'm so grateful for all the work I've been getting, but I don't know if it's, like, success because it's not going might, to... It might not stay that way. Whereas if you've done, like, if you're in maybe a traditional career and you've been promoted or you're in this really good job, then that's, like, quite stable. Is that difficult to cope with sometimes? Is that difficult yeah, to kind of understand? I think I'm quite lucky because I look quite young. People think sometimes I look about 17, so I could model for a while. But then again, it depends if people still want to book me in, like, five, six years. I don't know if I'm, what I want to keep doing. I don't know. Um, I do want to just see where Bambi takes me and other opportunities. But sometimes I'm like, what, do I, what, do, where am I gonna, what am I going to be doing in ten years? But then I'll just see these Facebook posts about actors who, like, didn't start doing whatever till they're, like, 30 and they're fine. Mm. Yeah. Do you listen to um, Elizabeth Day's podcast, How to no. Fail? Oh, you need, you need to. to listen to the podcast. <laughs> Basically, she is this incredible journalist and so she's I think she's 40 and she basically has really famous and successful people on talking about three big failures in their life mm-hmm. and how they've dealt with it how they've coped with it like she's had who she had on she had like Jess Phillips the MP mm-hmm. she had like the former like creative director of Google like all sorts of people and just talking like, yeah and like, do you know Dolly Alderton yeah yeah she had her on and just talking about the fact that your 20s are this incredible like scary overwhelming like formative time in your life we all think we should have everything together as soon as we leave because it's like well I'm a graduate now I've got a degree like surely this is how life goes Mm -hmm. and it's actually listening to things like that and having conversations like this it's realizing that even the people who really look like they've got their absolute shit together haven't and it's completely normal to feel like oh okay I'm really worried about this at the moment because you don't it's not it's not what you see online yeah completely you spoke about imposter syndrome, and that's a massive thing amongst graduates. Mm. Um, have you taken any steps to try and manage that, or has that just been um, like gratitude lists and stuff? Because it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because it's basically you not feeling like you're, you know, good enough if you were to kind of umbrella it, isn't it? I think it's also maybe because if I were to say, yeah, I'm successful, the things I'd say were my successes maybe don't feel like things that are that successful. Like... Mm having a lot of followers on Instagram is like mm, 
is that a measure of success? Like, does that really matter? Or is modelling, is, is that successful? A lot of people maybe would think that it's just a cop-out of, like, kind of a real job or anything. So it's... I think, especially with with you, like, since you've left university, you've used your platform to do things that, A, you're passionate about, so it's not just something to fill a gap. And there are also things that people can jump onto, like Bambi, girls have such a sense of community there, and the book club and articles and stuff, you talk about some really important, like, topics. Mm. So I think, um, if I were to just give you some advice, just be mindful of that, because it's, it's really cool, and I don't really know anyone else that does that as well. I think because that's so early days, I don't want to be like, I'm doing this really cool thing where I'm helping other people and it's fantastic and it's super successful because it's like only just started. And I just feel lucky that I have been able to put all these girls together and I just want to keep growing it. And mm-hmm. I don't want that to be like a success of mine. I want it to be like successful in its own thing, but I don't want them boast about how successful I am because of this thing that I've set up yeah like you just want to see how it goes and let them comment and post and let it kind of grow in its own natural way yeah and I'm super grateful for it definitely and it's and it's again it's one of those important things that loads of young women want to talk about things like you talk about like you want to talk about sex and you want to talk about relationships and body image and all those sort of things and they're everything that you deal with in your internal monologue every day but actually having a place to talk about them is so valuable but it's so easy to undervalue yourself but even if it helps like one person that's such an important thing to be doing and it's like sometimes it's worth just being like you know what like I'm trying, I'm trying to do something good. Like, a lot of people have platforms and don't do anything with it. Yeah. So that in itself is successful. It just might not feel it to yourself. Yeah. So thinking back to uni, you did a lot of stuff. Well, you did that um, charity hitchhike, didn't you? Oh, jailbreak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us more about that? Oh, that was amazing because, yeah, we won and we got to Tel Aviv. Mm. Yeah, how did you even do that? Can you just... <laughs> well, we fundraised loads on Exeter High Street. And then we hitchhiked to London. We got three different cars. But, so at the time, I had, like, 10,000 followers. And I just put it on my Instagram. And then we got this anonymous donation specifically for travel of... No, we got an anonymous donation for charity of, like, £500, which was amazing, because you fund wow. separately for charity and travel. Yeah. And then some guy just... Frank transferred me, like, £600 for flights. Oh so it was because of oh social media. So wow. it was, like, amazing. super lucky. But still, that is a long way. Like, yeah. that is a distance. How long did it take? Uh, well, because we, we got to London at, like, 10pm, and then we went to Leicester Square, um, because it was Friday night, and we just targeted all the drunk people for money. <laughs> um, and then we got to Tel Aviv at, like, the flight was at, like, 6am the next morning. I don't, that was just a crazy, mm. wild ride. And I think also maybe now I'm used to getting kind of free stuff on social media. I'm always so grateful for it. But it's, like, become more normal that that was, like... Well, it wasn't... I mean, it was for charity and everything, but that was the first, like, oh, my God, we're, get, we're doing this, like, because someone's paid for it. So that's, like, you want to do more, like, now you've graduated, just do, like, kind of fun charity things or just, like, adventure and travel. Is that something that, like, drives you? I definitely want to travel a lot more. I want to do charity stuff as well I want to do like uh, I want some of the meetups for Bambi I want to use I want to do volunteering events um, choose a charity and all of us do something Mm. together I don't know like a fun run or Mm. current students would you say what advice would you give to them to make sure they utilize their time at university 
God, I, don't, I think just balance is really important. Study hard, but don't study too hard because what's super important is the friends you make because yeah. uni finishes and then it's, it's over before you know it. And your friendships are the things that last and you want to really cement those friendships. I guess obviously it depends how hard, like what kind of grade you want, but I got a two on with still, I guess well third year you study like a lot harder, mm. but in second and first year like go on like go on those nights out with your friends and like skip some lectures sometimes to do some fun things because the memories are most important. Mm. And I think balance is that important thing to take forward. It's that like, yes you can work really hard, yes you can study whatever, but actually, if you're not enjoying your life, if you're mm. just spending all the time in the library or when you get to work all the time in the office, you're not living. Yeah. Like, I've got, I know people who are working like investment banking and stuff now, and they're on like 70k starting salaries, but they're on, in the office from like 6am until 4am, they're just always there, mm. they never leave, they have to like expense of the taxis home because they have to go home so late, it's just ridiculous amounts of work. Yeah, sometimes it's not, it's not sustainable. Yeah. yeah, sometimes I like see people doing those kind of jobs and I think should I have like just done one of those kind of things and like get like this super secure job that will get me to however much a year something I probably would hate but then I'm like no because I don't want to do something I hate and for me life is more about the people in my life and the experiences like I don't want to just be at a desk just slaving away for something I literally don't like care about at all so I definitely mm, couldn't think about working for like seeing everyone online now working for themselves and like Mm. and then working for a company it's like oh but what am I getting from this it's kind of like that you want to be really personally invested in things Mm. but then I think that was also because I am so lucky as to have the option to do something else because obviously a lot of people don't and if you don't have a business idea to start then it is just go do an office job I guess so I know that I am lucky to have had the choice are many of your friends in office jobs well, most of my friends are still at uni, so my, like, two, three, four best friends are now doing masters or, like, are still in their third year because of, like, year abroads, and one of my friends has a job, like, a real nine-to-five, but mm. I think everyone was a bit scared, so they're all doing masters. Yeah, I, I think that was one of the... the toughest things I found about graduating is when my friends came back from placement and they were still at uni and I wasn't mm. <laughs> I just kind of, I just felt like I was missing out on everything that like everything was better their final year than my final year but mm, no I don't feel like I'm missing out no, no. <laughs> I like I do miss uni but I wouldn't go back to third year because third year was just really yeah not fun first year trying to find your feet second year I don't know why but I, I didn't like my second year at all really yeah I prefer third year to second year to be fair, actually, second year was a really bad year for me mentally and emotionally. I was just like a complete state because I had a really bad breakup at the beginning of the year mm. and then that spiralled into like loads of eating problems and then going out all the time and getting way too drunk because I wasn't eating and then uh, there was a lot going on that year. But then it was like, looking back, it was really fun because yeah. I had all these nights out, but I, I would not go back to it at all. It's kind so of easy to romanticise it. Like, mm. I do exactly the same. I'm like, uni was the best time of my life. I had a great time. But I was exactly the same. Like, I got really, really drunk and did silly things. But I'd be like, oh, but I went out loads. So it's yeah. great. <laughs> then I think maybe because I miss first year and second year, but I wouldn't go back to it. Also because of the naivety and just what a state I was when I was drunk. Mm. I was fine. I was just embarrassing and loud, but 
because ev- yeah, else. but because everyone else was, it was fine. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to go back to that state. Yeah. I miss it, but I wouldn't go back. Yeah, I think when I was in the moment, it's kind of the grass is always greener, isn't it? Mm. So when I was seeing them in their final year, I was like, oh, like the post final exam, like nights out and all of like the events, I just really wanted to be there. But I was like, well, I can easily just get on a train and go up to Loughborough if I wanted to and be there. It's, you're not missing out on much; you're just missing out on the studying. But, yeah, mm. it's always strange going back. Mm. Yeah, I've been back a few times, and I go back and I'm like, oh, this is so odd. Like, because mm. you want to be doing all the student stuff, you're like, well, but I'm not supposed to be yeah. doing that anymore. Yeah. How are you going to continue to grad life by the horns? I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm just going to see where life takes me. That's brilliant. That's a good way to be. Brilliant yeah. way to end. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Amber, for coming on. We covered a lot. We always cover a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was again, a fascinating conversation about the way that we interact with social media, the modelling industry, mm. touching on mental health, putting structure into your day. There's loads of different really important topics that are often kind of taboo and swept under the carpet. Yeah, and we, we always kind of go into an interview of a guest thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to be like a really set topic, you know never happens no oh, we always veer off and I always prattle on about social media for about 10 years and I years. always go on about pro- uh, imposter syndrome and values and all that kind of stuff <laughs> but yes so this is our penultimate episode of season 1 which yeah. is crazy that we've come this far next week our episode will not be bi-weekly we'll be coming out on the 17th of December so a week from today a week from today so that we don't get that Christmas Eve slot when everybody will be a couple of vinos down ready yeah. to relax and eat that those immense pies us as well oh yeah I'll be stretched out on, on the, the sofa yeah. already eating my body weight and food it'll be grand but yeah we've got some very exciting guests next week some floofy friends yes <laughs> so stay tuned on our Instagram at gradlifebythehorns we always plug it oh but yes yeah. and make sure that you're following this week's guest at Amber Driscoll on Instagram because she posts some really interesting content and also have a look at Bambi Collective there's also a Facebook group for that too we shall see you next week with our Christmas special and some fairy friends have fun with your festivities bye bye, bye.